Welcome to the Holistic Hotties Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Mansfield, and I'm on a mission to help you feel good naked. Not just with your clothes off, but with your masks off. Completely you, completely naked. I want to help you fall so in love with yourself that you can't help but feel good naked. I'm a certified holistic health coach, meditation teacher, and yoga teacher traveling around the world to further satiate a curiosity for all things healing and true. Feeling good naked is so much more than eating healthily, the bubble baths, and the spa days. It's that deep sense of security, that deep sense of safety in your own body. Here, we're going to talk about how to overcome the roadblocks, the mindsets, the beliefs, and the self-imposed limitations that are keeping you from embodying the most radiant, holistically hot version of you. By pressing play, you're one step closer to feeling good naked. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Hotties. I am so glad you're tuning in for another week of a little holistic tidbit, a little holistic discussion about overcoming mindsets and beliefs that don't serve us and striving for growth and expansion. So this week, it's quite an inspired discussion. This week, we're talking all about why I'm done being the nice girl. And I hope this topic resonates with other women. Any of my male listeners out there, okay, like my brother, maybe? (laughs) This one may not pertain to you as much. I mean, it's the same principle. You can apply it to the nice guy as well. But I'm just talking about my experience here. And I think a lot of other women will be able to resonate with my experience. But again the same principles apply to the nice guy. So maybe I edit that and make it more like why I'm no longer being the nice person. And just hearing myself say that, you know, that is a very controversial statement. Like why I'm no longer going to be the nice person. I'm excited to dive into this because this topic actually came up with my girlfriend and I on a hike um, not too long ago, about a month or two ago. And we were just talking about how it's something that we both struggle with of like trying to fulfill this archetype of the nice girl or the chill girl or the cool girl. And especially when it comes to dating, but this also plays into, you know, friendship or negotiating salary or things like this, where we are so concerned about appearing or being perceived as being aggressive or domineering or all of these other adjectives that have become such a double standard among men and women, obviously in a negative connotation for women. But in order to avoid being perceived as those things, we overcorrect or we exist in this realm of being nice, of being super chill, of being the person who never creates conflict or never has any problem. And you know what? That is just becoming outdated. That that does not serve me any longer. And here's the thing. It's not like I'm all of a sudden not a nice person. Objectively, I'm very nice. <laughs> That's just who I am. And I think a lot of other people are similar to that. Like objectively, you think of yourself as a nice person. And I choose to be someone who is also communicative, also takes up space, also in real time, is able to articulate when something doesn't morally or ethically align. So 
to me, being nice in these other things are not mutually exclusive. Although I do think that we have believed that they are for most of our lives. And by we, I mean humans or women or if anyone who resonates with this topic. And what if instead of worrying about being nice, we were worried about being authentic? Worried about whether or not we're communicating to our most authentic and genuine capabilities, what we need, what we want, what our standards are. What if we were less concerned about being perceived as nice and were more concerned about being seen as exactly as we are in the moments where we're grumpy or irritable or perhaps reactive or even judgmental in those moments of authenticity and genuine humanness with an awareness when you're in those spaces and wanting to grow and evolve and and develop the tools to become aware and respond instead of react in those moments and be those things, sure. But instead of pretending they're not a part of who we are and needing to fulfill this archetype of the nice girl, of the chill girl, where everything's great, everything's cool, whatever you want to do, that's awesome. And we get to the point where we like legitimately convince ourselves that we are that girl or that person, you know, like we are the chill person. I actually don't care where we eat dinner. I don't care what activity we do on this afternoon. And nine times out of 10, that is the case. That is the genuine, authentic case for me. Pretty go with the flow. But in that one out of 10 case where I do care, I do have a craving, I do have a preference as to what we do, where we go, what we eat, we become so used to fulfilling this archetype that we forget how to express that. Or we feel that when we do express it, that one out of 10 times, we're being aggressive, we're being bossy, we're being confrontational, when in reality, we're just using our voice. So it's possible to be kind, thoughtful, compassionate, empathetic, present, and communicative, articulate, embodied, and steady in what we believe, in what we'll stand for, and what our standards are, in friendship, in romantic relationship, in career workplace situations, it is possible to be quote unquote nice and embody all of the other qualities and traits that make us a whole person, that make us unique, that make us inherently worthy of taking up that space. And it's been so fun to start to look at this from more of a playful lens, right? Of like reflecting on certain circumstances or dynamics in my life where I did show up as this nice girl. And in moments where I could have stepped into a more authentic expression, I silenced it and I subdued it. And instead I chose to continue with personifying what I thought it meant to be nice, which is essentially a self-abandonment. In any moment where I'm not choosing to authentically step into my voice, into voicing what I need, what I want, what I think, I'm communicating to myself in that moment that those things, those thoughts, those feelings, those opinions are invalid that they're less worthy of being voiced, that they're less worthy of existing in the world, that they're less worthy of being heard. And over time, obviously, that completely chips away at our self-love, that chips away at our being. 
if we're not here to validate our thoughts, emotions, and deepest desires and authentic, genuine expressions, then who else is going to, you know, like if we're not here to give them life and give them compassion and ears and eyes to see them, then who else is going to give us that time or give us that permission? So it's been fun to start playing with this, right? And noticing, okay, I don't have to vibe with every single person. You know, it is totally okay if I don't vibe with everybody. That doesn't mean like, you know, you have bad blood with anybody or that there's any kind of like aggression or confrontation, but you can just know in yourself, like, you know, I actually don't vibe with that person and perhaps they don't vibe with me. Okay, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Let's move on and get to the next part of this day. (laughs) Like who cares? (laughs) And that seems so like silly and little, but to be honest, I think that's big for a lot of people. Like not everybody has to like you and you don't have to like everybody. That is huge. I'm sure I annoy some people. I smile a lot. I laugh a lot. I'm sure I can be annoying, but okay, (laughs) great. And so accepting that and allowing that to be a part of life where you don't vibe with everybody. Maybe not everybody vibes with you. Not everybody's experience or perception or truth may resonate with you. And that's okay. We can still be kind. We can still be compassionate. We can still be present. We can still see people without, you know, being everybody's best friend. Let's get over that. If somebody doesn't like what you have to say, when you're being your most true, authentic self, then that's wonderful. It makes the search for your tribe. It makes the assimilation with your tribe, wherever you are in your community, that much easier because they're not part of it. And that's chill. Not everyone has to be. By definition, not everybody can be or else it's not a tribe. It's just a cluster. (laughs) It's just a big group. (laughs) So that gets fun. Like I've loved kind of discerning who are the people I vibe with and who are the people I don't. Cool. So I think that's an important acknowledgement or just shift for ourselves or settling into that discomfort of accepting that, you know, not everyone's going to like me. I'm not going to like everybody. Awesome. (laughs) That doesn't make me any less worthy. That doesn't make me any less magical just makes me me. So after we accept that, there are five things I'm just going to walk through. And these are things that I'm starting to intentionally implement into my life. This is like literally a list that I have written down in my notes. And it starts with, instead of being the nice girl, I'm going to dot, dot, dot. And number one is cut down on the bullshit. Or this is an interesting one because how do you define bullshit, right? (laughs) But you know, you know, when you're kind of like blowing hot air or, you know, you're walking around being like, how are you to people that you aren't genuinely open to like holding space for potentially an answer that isn't, I'm good. You know, (laughs) um, that's a little bit of bullshit to me. Or when you're just complimenting somebody to simply compliment them for them to think that you're nice (laughs) or for them to like you. That's a big thing people do or girls do, especially like, especially when you're meeting new girls, we're conditioned to like compliment. And, and even if you don't genuinely like it where they're like complimenting somebody and it's like, okay, well don't, 
unless you genuinely and authentically feel that you want to express that somebody has a cool characteristic or a cool trait or a cool skirt on or whatever, you know? So cutting down on the bullshit. And if you genuinely are moved by somebody's presence, great, express it to them genuinely. But let's all just stop blowing hot air at people. Stop telling them what they want to hear just so you can be nice. And I'm talking to myself as well, everybody. I'm just caveat. I'm always talking to myself as well. These are tips for all of us. And again, this is in my notes. Like these are things I'm working on. So that's the first one. The second one, initiate challenging conversation. I've gotten much better at this one, much, much better. But again, the nice girl, you know, we don't have anything challenging to talk about because everything's chill. We're good with everything. You know, like I don't have a problem. What do you, what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the problem. Like those challenging conversations, when your needs aren't being met, when you're feeling undervalued, underappreciated in a friendship, in a romance, in the workplace, initiating those conversations is so important in this work. And also so freaking empowering and energizing and sexy. Like, ooh, yeah, that's hot. So again, I've gotten so much better at this to the point where, you know, I genuinely, I feel like I don't have any qualms with being the one who brings up a challenging conversation. But it took a lot of work. It took a lot of time being on this journey of like, okay, whatever I have to express is valid. The way I deliver it, of course, has been a finesse, has been a refinement process. But initiating those conversations has been so liberating. And my ability to use my voice and my ability to embrace and compassionately hold whatever I'm feeling that needs to be expressed and then expressing it, even if it is challenging, even if it feels like there is a wall on the top of my esophagus that literally like won't let the words out sitting there and letting that wall dissolve and then initiating the conversation. Oh man, it gets addicting. So once you start doing that, mm, yeah. Okay. So number three, be a source of authentic kindness and compassion. So I kind of touched on this earlier in this discussion, this differentiation between nice and authentic kindness and compassion. Because to me, nice is like, well, first of all, it's just a horrible descriptor word, like so bland. It's basically the equivalent of plain oatmeal in terms of describing somebody. To me, being nice is this shallow, cold blanket on top of a social interaction, you know, like, oh, they were nice. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Whereas cultivating and operating from the space of authentic kindness and compassion, which comes from doing this work, which comes from cultivating authentic kindness and compassion for self, we can then operate from that space, let it overflow into our interactions with everybody else. So, you know, there's an assumption to this point that you're already on this journey of self-love, that you're already doing this work consistently daily, 
getting still daily going in and rewiring those neural pathways and bringing awareness to every moment and choosing kindness and compassion in every interaction with self and with other people. So that's the assumption here, but being the source of authentic kindness and compassion. So instead of being concerned with being the nice girl or the chill girl or this person that exists with no edges, this illusion of the person who exists with no edges, instead of being so attached to that, stepping into this different reality, this alternative paradigm where we actually operate from a genuine source of kindness and compassion, which is possible. Like we are kindness and compassion at our core. Like that is our existence. We are light. We are kindness. We are love. We are compassion. We are those things. That is our true nature. That's our essence. So remembering that moment to moment and choosing that person and choosing to communicate the challenging conversations from a place of kindness and compassion. So we still get to communicate. We still get to take up space, but we get to do it in a way that is birthed from kindness and compassion. So number four is take up more space and time and stop trying to fill space and time. Think about that. This is a big one for me. You know, I actually went on this date when I first came to Santa Cruz and I was on a hike with this dude. He's a really good dude. And I was telling a story and I do this thing where I I get self-conscious of feeling like I'm talking too long or too much. So I'll kind of wrap up a story quickly. Granted, I also have a tendency to go on my stories a very long time. (laughs) So whatever. (laughs) But I was wrapping up this story. And afterwards, he said, I never want you to feel like you have to speed up what you're saying or that you don't have space to finish exactly what your thought is, no matter how much time it takes. And I remember being on this hike like, whoa, (laughs) okay, cool. (laughs) Well, careful what you wish for, dude. But also, (laughs) you know, it was very mind shattering at the time, you know, because it just gave me the permission to move forward from that moment in time with, yeah, you're right. You know, I do have a tendency to feel like I need to hurry up or feel like I'm taking up too much space in this room or this conversation. I have a tendency to try and be smaller and I'm done doing that. And yes, he kind of gave me that permission on a journey that I'd already been on, but it was just an affirmation, a confirmation of what I'd already been moving towards, what I'd already known in my body. And it became so much easier in that moment, from that moment on to become aware of when I was shrinking, of when I felt like I needed to take up less space or take up less of somebody's time with my thoughts or experience. And on the flip side of that, stop trying to fill space and time. I think this is equally as important in this conversation, especially as it pertains to being this nice girl, the chill girl. That girl also has a tendency to fill empty space with superfluous words, and that's exhausting. So I'm here to give you permission of allowing silence, of allowing other people to maintain the dynamic or maintain the space or pivot the space and take it somewhere else, you know, giving yourself permission to let there be emptiness in conversation, 
between two people, giving yourself permission to take a breath and let that space exist without anxiety, without needing to fill it, without needing to be the nice girl who makes everybody feel comfortable all of the time at the expense of your own energy. And the last one, which I've talked about on another episode before, but being intentional about saying sorry. This is always a hard one for me. I do notice, and I don't know if it's, again, the Canadian in me or the remaining nice girl in me, but someone bumps into me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me get out of the way. (laughs) Or someone just needs to walk past me in the same doorway and I might be standing relatively close to it. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get out of the way. You know, this compulsion to apologize. And I've been working on this for a while, but it's still something that I notice. It's still something that I notice comes out of my mouth. And afterwards, I'll reflect on that moment and be like, what am I sorry for? Why did I, you know, why did I say that? Without having any shame or, you know, judgment on myself for saying it, because again, it's just the way I've been conditioned. It's what I've know as a modality and means to feel safe and feel like I belong and feel loved. So, you know, I'm doing the best I can with what I have, but still being aware of when I do and being aware of the moments where it's a reflex and choosing something different, choosing different words, choosing to, again, not apologize for just taking up space because over time, what that communicates is smallness, is disempowerment is not belonging exactly where your feet are planted on the earth and wherever your feet are planted on the earth you belong there period so we don't ever need to apologize for being there so instead of being the nice girl who apologizes for everything to everyone choosing to apologize in the moments where i mess up which i do because i'm human So choosing to acknowledge that without the ego and genuinely apologizing, genuinely expressing to someone how you want to show up differently next time. That's amazing. I will continue to do that for the rest of my life. But apologizing for every little thing. Yeah, it's just wild. So again, the five things, instead of being the nice girl, I'm going to cut down on the bullshit, initiate challenging conversation, be a source of authentic kindness and compassion, take up more space and time while simultaneously let go of filling space and time. And lastly, be intentional about saying sorry. So I hope this episode was fun it was a little different than my normal episodes but i had a really good time again it was very inspired given what's happened for me this week and again like i've mentioned these episodes are just as much for you as they are for me and i've really enjoyed processing these thoughts and beliefs and paradigms that i hold out loud and challenging them so I hope you're enjoying it too. If you like this episode, if you want to spark conversation with anybody else in your life around this topic, I invite you to send it their way. I'm looking forward to being back next week, talking with you then. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you then. Bye.